the very outspoken and talented Carolyn Glick. Carolyn, welcome back to New York City. How are you? Thanks for having me on your program. Just fine. Thank you. You doing okay? Yeah, we're okay. Thanks. Now, um, where are you exactly? How many miles from Jerusalem or kilometers, however you guys say it? Well, we live in a suburb of Jerusalem in an area called Gush Etzion, and we live about, um, I think, about 15, 15 kilometers outside of Jerusalem, so it's like 10 miles, something. 10 miles. And are you guys, mm-hmm. even this morning, this is now 16 days after the initial horrendous attacks, you're still hearing rocket fire every morning, right? Every day, every night. Well, where we're living, uh, we haven't we haven't had uh, rocket attack for several days. But um, you know, we hear we hear the sounds of war, both in terms of shooting from uh, Bethlehem and also and from the surrounding villages around where we live, and also uh, we hear the uh, <clears throat> IDF bombers going off on their sorties. So, yeah. Yeah, it's rough. So the president spoke here a couple nights ago, and a lot of folks, even Republicans, which I I couldn't believe, that uh, were willing to give him credit. And there were two things about that speech, Carolyn, which made me so angry I wanted to break my television. First was he's still calling for a two-state solution. After what we saw October 7th, if there's any doubt in anybody's mind that these people, good or not, are not capable of that, I don't know what they're thinking. And secondly, he blamed Iran. And if you're the United States president and you're going to blame Iran, you're complicit because all his administration has done, him and Obama and him now, is bend over backwards to appease Iran. How can you listen to those two things and tell me President Biden did a good job? Right. So there is significant dissonance in uh, Biden's position because you, he has two contrary positions uh, jangling around. The first one is to support Israel, and the other one is to support Israel's enemies, uh, both Iran, uh, which I saw that the Defense Department did finally say yesterday that it's impossible really to um, to say that, oh, that Iran wasn't involved in, in the attack. Um, but uh, it hasn't been translated into administration policy vis-a-vis Iran, either in terms of, of enforcing already existing American sanctions on Iran's oil exports to China or in simply writing a letter to the U.N. Security Council that says Iran is in breach of its uh, commitments uh, to limit its nuclear operations under the 2015 nuclear deal. And as a consequence, we, the United States, Britain, France, Germany, all parties to the agreement are snapping back the U.N. Security Council sanctions on Iran's nuclear operations. They refuse to do that as well. And like you said, and then the other thing that's most startling is that the, the Biden administration, President Biden, demanded that Israel allow so-called humanitarian assistance into the Gaza Strip. And since Hamas controls the entire Gaza Strip, including U.N. installations there, uh, all all supplies entering into Gaza go first and foremost to Hamas. They control them so that the United States is demanding resupply of Hamas. These and other issues, like you said, is continued support for Palestinian statehood when the PLO-controlled Palestinian Authority just is calling for the people living under its control to join the jihad and slaughter Jews. As late as Friday, they gave orders to all of their imams to say that in their mosque sermons on Friday afternoon. So there is dissonance, right? Uh, they are supplying Israel, and it's really important. We need the military equipment that uh, the U.S. has pledged to give us. But on the other hand, 
They're also continuing their previous policy of realigning the United States away from Israel and towards Iran and the Muslim Brotherhood. So I'm glad you know that because, man, Carolyn, it gets tiring trying to talk to my sister and brother-in-law and other Democrats who, for some reason, continue to back Joe Biden. I mean, those were two glaring, glaring, awful statements. If you're an Israeli and you've lost a relative and you hear that, I mean, for example, I see Rachel Goldberg, Carolyn, on TV all the time, and my heart breaks for her. They've got her son. They took him at the concert. They blew his arm off. She's not even sure if he's alive or not. She hasn't talked to him in 16 days. But she's constantly, constantly, oh, thanking the Biden administration and this idiot secretary of state and this Lloyd Austin. And I got to tell you, it makes me nauseous. I know why she's doing it. She wants to get her son out. But for I'm sitting and following this thing very, very closely, this administration is more complicit than angry. I don't know. I, I, again, I, I think that the dissonance is very, very clear. And, um, and uh, unfortunately, um, it appears that because Biden staffed himself, his, his Department of Defense, his Department of State, his Security Council, which Come back to me. Please, Carolyn, come back to me. I think we lost her. Well, what do you want? She's in a rough spot. <laughs> I got to imagine self-service is an issue in a lot of those places, no? Let's see if we can get it right back. Carolyn Glick, JNS, who was um, just about to explain why Joe Biden seems to be so inconsistent in his, quote-unquote, allegiance to Israel in this war that is quickly involving Many other countries along the way. I'm sorry, Carolyn. Get finish your point about who Biden has aligned himself with in his administration that makes it difficult for him to really have a total allegiance to Israel. Right. So the problem is that you know he's after his administration people like Hadi Amar, who is in charge, who is a his an envoy to the Palestinians, and Meyer Buttar, who's in charge of all the intelligence traffic inside of the National Security Council. And other people like that at state and and in the uh, and in the Pentagon, who when they look at this policy that has dissonance in it that is self-contradictory, um, they're pushing for maintaining course with the pro-Iran, uh, pro-Muslim Brotherhood, anti-Israel policies, and that sort of uh, gaining expression. For instance, and most prominently, but not only, with the Biden administration's demand to resupply Hamas through the under the. Uh, under the header uh, humanitarian aid and and regarding the hostages look i mean they're holding 222 israeli hostages in in gaza this is an unspeakable atrocity um and and our fear is that you know but they're also but, but 7 million israeli jews cannot be held hostage by hamas and you know the, the conviction here in israel is that the best way uh to try to rescue the hostages is to actually go in and rescue them because uh, leaving it to Qatar, which is Hamas's state sponsor, to transfer ransoms to Hamas in exchange for the lives of our people um, is, is not is not a good way to go about it. It's a good way of ensuring that Hamas remains in power, uh, that these butchers are allowed to butcher more, and that Israel loses its ability to defend itself. So I think. 
I think that it's really um, it's a terrible thing. It's a psychological warfare operation of the type that, you know, uh, we have nightmares about. And here it is, our reality. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's the truth. Yeah. And uh, yep. and and you can't negotiate these kinds no. of agreements. No, you can't. And you're right. They got to go in. And I know America has some of their SEAL teams, or they call them now, special ops. They're there, too, as well as the Israelis. And uh, I had seen something this weekend, Carolyn, where, uh, you know, Hamas, the plan they laid out is going perfectly. And what it is is let's go attack the Jews, be as barbaric as possible to upset the whole world. Then, then let's have the Jews fight back and come to us. Because what I heard is there's about 300 miles of tunnel. And in these tunnels is where they've got these hostages. And they've got snipers and booby traps. And I keep hearing that they're going to make sure that these hostages are not getting out alive. If we get there and we get inside there, they'll blow this thing to smithereens. And these poor people will die anyway. Now, look, that may be a really, really pessimistic outview on what's going on. But that's what I'm hearing, that the reason why it's taken Israel so long, besides Biden telling him to, to not go in is, is that from a tactical standpoint, this is incredibly dangerous. Right. So, um, yeah, I wrote about that in my column on Friday as well. And and my entire podcast yesterday, the Carolyn Glick Show, discusses um, in detail why it is that Israel is still not in Gaza. And one of the main reasons, the operational consideration that's guiding Israel is that is the tunnels, that um, we need to attrit the terrorists because they have a decisive advantage when they're burrowed underground, whether with or without the hostages, because they know where they are, they know what they have, and our soldiers who would be going in don't. And so we need to uh, exhaust them and by laying siege on them, total siege, denying them electricity and water and to the extent possible air and food and exhausting them so that they come aground. And when they come aground, they'll be exhausted and, and we can kill them. 